Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. SHN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Now it's time to take a sports break. A look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to another sports break as we go through the events and people associated in sports with the date of April 19th. And we have quite a lot of people to talk about today and events and milestones in sports history. Uh, But before we do, let's just uh, take a step back here and an observation I made and you know, maybe many of you have making the same thing. You know, what the heck is going on with buying things? You know, today I went to the snack machine where I work, and I don't go there very often. But I, I said, you know, I'm a little bit hungry. I got the munchies. I'm gonna go buy something. So I go there and I look at the selections, and they all have the numbers on there that you can press in to to make sure you pick the right item. But there's not one price there. So I look at it and I say, okay, here's a snack I want. I think this is uh, probably about a dollar. So I put a dollar bill in the machine and the machine mocks me. It says, oh, that's not enough. Please add more. I'm like, okay, well, how much more do I add? How much is this thing? So I'm saying, okay, maybe it's a, a dime more. So I pull some change in my pocket, put a dime in. No, it's still not. The machine keeps mocking me. Why the hell can't they just tell us what the price is of these items anymore? Are they just doing it to, to mess with us or, or what? Well, there's my venting for today. Hopefully uh, you don't have the same um, issue that I have on there, but I'm sure we probably do. And if you do, let's email us at pigskindispatch at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. But uh, a little bit frustrating, isn't it? And, you know, just like the store sometimes aren't even putting the prices on or you go to the cash register, it's almost like a gamble. Uh, you know, you're betting that you have enough in your wallet to what the value of this is that the merchant's going to be charging you. Why can't they just do the old days and put the price tag on or let us know what the heck it's going to cost us? Anyway, something that we do know is we can reflect back and look at some great sports history. And April 19th is filled with it. And uh, our friend Jay Daniel with 80sbaseball.com does a great job every day of capturing some of 80s baseball in by date. And April 19th, 1983, he points out that it was a really odd one. You know, much of the country on this April 19th were experiencing some, some colder temperatures after a really nice uh, weekend a few days ago. Um, here in Erie, Pennsylvania, we went from 78 degrees on Sunday and it was snowing uh, on Tuesday. So just craziness. But on April 19, 1983, it was a beautiful night in Baltimore, and the Orioles and the Rangers played, and the 
Birds of Baltimore won four to two. Now John Lowenstein and Leo Hernandez hit late home runs to win it for the O's. But the game time temperatures were in the 40s with a wind chill of just 10 degrees and both home runs were hit in a late snowstorm. Sounds real familiar to us today here in uh, middle to late April. And also in 1986 on February 19th, Things have gotten a little bit out of control with Marge Schott. Uh, seen enough that she ordered Dave Parker to wear stirrups lower to conform to the team's dress code. Uh, when you ask a, a great player like Parker to change the way he's wearing his socks, you know things are a little bit strange. But that's uh, the way that things happened there in the 80s. And uh, we thank Jay Daniel for letting us share some of this 80sbaseball.com with you. And on this date in football, we have uh, 1944, April 19th, the 1944 NFL Draft took place. And Angelo Bertelli from the University of Notre Dame was the first pick by the Boston Yanks. Bertelli was a 1943 Heisman Trophy winner. And the Daily News of New York, uh, their sports headline of the day, read, Boston Yanks pick Bertelli in the grid draft. Now, Bertelli was just a, a great player all the way around in college and was a fine player in the professional levels as well. And Pittsburgh and Philadelphia were combined that year to make the Steagles, and they would subsequently pick 5th and 10th in this draft. They've got both of their draft picks, which was kind of an odd thing. Uh, the Steelers had to settle for the 10th pick because of the upcoming season. They again would have to combine with another franchise, the Chicago Cardinals, the following year and because uh, these shortages during World War II. So just a little glimpse back in 1944. There was also a draft in 1997 that took place on April 19th. It was the 97 NFL draft. First pick in this draft was the St. Louis Rams, and they chose off Ohio State offensive tackle Orlando Pace. Now Pace, who entered into Pro Bowl in, in uh, 2016, was followed later in draft by the pick of another Hall of Fame tackle in Walter Jones at number six by the Seahawks, according to the Pro Football Reference website. And we'll come back to Pigsy and Dispatch to talk about some more great Hall of Famers that were born this day. Uh, but let's go over into the sports as over in the sports realm and talk about some of the uh, other events that happened on April 19th through history. In 1938. At the legendary venue of the Baker Bowl in Philadelphia, the Phillies infielder, Heine Mueller, number 20, and the Brooklyn Dodgers outfielder, Ernie Coy, who wore number 33, both hit home runs in their first major league at-bats. In 1986 on this day, Oakland Athletics pitcher number 38, Jose Rio, set a club record with 16 strikeouts in eight innings as Oakland defeated the Seattle Mariners 7-2. The two clubs combined for 30 strikeouts overall, setting a modern major league record for a nine-game inning. Now that was courtesy of one of our favorite websites, uh, thisdayinbaseball.com. Make sure you check them out. They have some other great items from April 19th. Another favorite is NBA.com, and we have a few items to share from that website for April 19th. In 1986, the Atlanta Hawks guard number four, Spud Webb, set an NBA rookie record for assists in a playoff game with 18 as the Hawks defeated the Detroit Pistons 137-125 to at the Omni in Game 2 of their Eastern Conference first-round series. 
April 19, 1988, the Philadelphia 76ers honored Julius Irving, one of my favorites, prior to a home game against the Bucks, retiring his number six uniform and unveiling a larger-than-life Dr. J statue that uh, they're down in Philly. And on this date in 1991, Atlanta's number two, Moses Malone, set an NBA record for playing in the most consecutive games without fouling out in the Hawks' 126-120 loss to the Pistons at the Omni. It was Malone's 1,046th straight game without disqualification, breaking number 13, Wilt Chamberlain's mark set many years earlier. And we go to vintagehockeyjerseys.com website and to talk a little bit about the NHL history. And on April 19th, 1962, the Leafs defender number seven, Tim Horton, set a Stanley Cup playoff record as the Toronto Maple Leafs 8-4 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks in Game 5 of the Finals at Maple Leaf Gardens. Horton assisted on three of Toronto's goals, giving him 15 points, the most ever for a defenseman in one playoff year. Also in the game, Chicago's Stan Mitkita, number 21, picked up two assists to set two new playoff records. His 21 points broke Gordie Howe's record of 20 set in 1955, and his 15 assists also set a new record. And Tim Horton, you know, we uh, up here in the north, we have those great Tim Horton restaurants that he founded, and uh, boy, they have a great cup of coffee there if you ever get a chance to. On April 19th, 1970, number seven, Phil Esposito, scored a hat-trick against his brother Tony Esposito, number 35, who was playing in the crease that day for the Blackhawks as the Bruins won 6-3 at Chicago in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, as we said, we have some great Hall of Fame birthdays uh, for this day, and we're going to start off over on Pigskin Dispatch and talk about some of these great football birthdays in uh, april 19th 1883 fort wayne indiana the top-notch university of michigan center from 1904 to 1908 playing on those great fielding yost teams germany schultz was born a national football foundation shared that schultz who stood six foot four and weighed 245 unfortunately had to miss the 1906 season as he dropped out of school because of financial reasons but the passion he had for both his education as well as football drove germany to work hard in fort wayne's steel mill to raise funds to play end up paying for his final two years of tuition at the university and uh, he ended up having that same drive on the gridiron as he was elected to go into the college football hall of fame in 1951 and uh, just a tremendous drive by uh, mr germany schultz to stay in school and uh, at all costs and do what he had to do to make sure he could pay that tuition bill. April 19, 1907 in Columbus, Ohio, the University of Notre Dame's prolific guard from 1927 to 1929, Jack Cannon, arrived into this life. Jack was one of the last players not to collegiately wear a helmet. In fact, he refused to wear the protective headgear. National Football Foundation's bio excerpt on Cannon says that he had a bad habit of playing hard when he felt like it, but letting his foot off the gas whenever the Irish were well ahead in the game because it was sort of uninteresting to him. Despite that, Coach Newt Rockney was always on his case and you know kept him going in practices, and he ended up having a great career. And the National Football Foundation selected Jack Cannon for entrance into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1965. We had another Jack in football that had a birthday. This one was born in 1936 on the 19th of April in Exera, Iowa, Jack Pardee. The Texas A&M two-way fullback linebacker was born. 
and Pardee had enough passion to overcome the odds throughout his life, all the way through his life. And early on, living in a remote part of Texas, Jack's experience with the gridiron was only afforded to the luxury of playing six-man football. And with some hard work and hustle, the youngster soon found his way as a two-way starter for A&M. Now, he had a great and brilliant college career and they end up playing another seven seasons in the NFL with the Los Angeles Rams and in Washington. And then he went on into coaching. He looked right in the eyes of cancer and not only played while fighting disease, but also coached the Redskins and the Chicago Bears and the teams in the world and U.S. football leagues. He became head coach of the University of Houston in 1987 and that season. And it was his first meeting. He told the players, quote, there is a time to work and a time to play. Don't miss your chance to do both. End quote. Jack Pardee coached three years at the University of Houston and had a record of 22-11-1 and returned to pro football to coach the Houston Oilers. And, uh, you know, great uh, way to look at that. He went in the College Football Hall of Fame of 1986 and uh, when the National Football Foundation tallied up their votes. On April 19, 1964, in Sandy Springs, Georgia, we had another College Football Hall of Famer, Harris Barton, the big offensive tackle of the North Carolina Tar Heels, was born. And he was one of the most dominant linemen on offense in North Carolina history. But he's also a great student. First-team All-American in 1986, Barton was named the ACC's most outstanding offensive lineman after helping the Tar Heels finish sixth in the nation and first in the conference with 436 yards of total offense per game. That's pretty good, folks. Now, he ended up going into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2021, and the highly acclaimed tackle was taken in the first round of the 1987 NFL Draft by the San Francisco 49ers, and subsequently spent his entire career with the franchise from 1987 through 1998. A 1993 Pro Bowler, he led the team in victories in Super Bowl 23 and Super Bowl 24 and in Super Bowl 29. April 19, 1965, another great college football Hall of Fame player was born in Little Rock, Arkansas, the sure-handed tight end of the 1984-1987 Oklahoma Sooners, Keith Jackson, in his life. Now, Keith had a tremendous uh, time at Oklahoma. He, the team had a 42-5-1 record and won the national championship in 1985. The career numbers for the big tight end were 62 pass receptions for 1,470 yards with an average of 23.7 yards per catch. And he was a great student to, in school as well. Ended up uh, being the top six award for academics for the NCAA. And he went into the College Football Hall of Fame in the year 2001 and had a very memorable NFL career too, playing with the Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, and the Green Bay Packers. One of my favorites, though, was born in 1981 on April 19th in Garden Grove, California. The free-roaming safety of Southern Cal, known as the Tasmanian Devil, Troy Paula Mala was born. The National Football Foundation tells us that he was a two-time first-team All-American, earning consensus honors in 2002, and was a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award as the best defensive back in the nation. Now, one of his top collegiate moments was at the 2001 Las Vegas Bowl, where he set a Las Vegas Bowl record with 20 tackles. He, Troy led Southern Cal in tackles with 118 as well, and three interceptions in 2001 after topping the team in interceptions with two and seven deflections from 2000, year 2000. The College Football Hall of Fame 
proudly put the face and career of Troy Polamalu into the Legendary Museum in the year 2019. And he ended up being the first round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2003. Became the centerpiece of the highly touted Pittsburgh defense during his career, making the opposing quarterbacks account exactly where he was, sort of that wild card. He ended up having 32 receptions while he was in the big league, taking three of them back for scores, but his impact of open field tackles, stuffing runners at the line, and pass breakups helped the Steelers win games too. Paul Amolo was selected to eight Pro Bowls and named first-team All-Pro four times the two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowls 50 and 53, the 2010 AP Defensive Player of the Year that played for the Steelers from 2003 to 2014. He was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with yours truly there in the year 2020 and quite an honor for quite a great player. A couple other birthdays we want to mention. Uh, back on April 19, 1983, we had Joe Maurer, the legendary Major League Baseball catcher and first baseman, uh, wore number seven with the Minnesota Twins from 2004 to 2018 for 15 seasons. Batted 306 for his career, had an on-base percentage of 439 with 143 career home runs and three gold glove awarded seasons. And going back to 80sbaseball.com, they celebrate a couple birthdays. How about Frank Viola born this day? And Ed Hodge also played in the 1980s. Rick Miller and Spike Owen. All happy birthdays to them. And, uh, you know, happy birthdays to all those out there that are celebrating April 19th as your birthday. And celebrating this great sports history. Boy, we really thank you for spending the time with us, uh, you know, joining us for this little bit of glimpse in a sports break on April 19th. Enjoy that great sports history and help preserve it. Let your friends and neighbors know about it. We would appreciate that too. Follow us on Twitter at Pigskin Dispatch and send us some correspondence by email if you'd like. Uh, it's pigskindispatch at gmail.com. And until next time, everybody, have a great sports history day. This penalty kill is almost over. I got to get back out on the ice. But thanks again for joining us for another great edition of Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. 
Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast. <laughs>